Mostly Harmless is brought to you by Soundcheck at Illegal Pete's. Burritos, buddies, and beer. These are the key ingredients to the perfect pre-show ritual. Take advantage of Soundcheck at Illegal Pete's by bringing in your same-day concert ticket. Purchase an adult entree, and we will give you a free draft beer or fountain drink at any of our six locations. Please visit IllegalPete's.com for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. All right, buddies. We've got a hell of an episode for you this week because this week we're sitting down with the Front Bottoms. That's right. Uh, Front Bottoms from Jersey, one of my newest, most favoritest bands. Uh, last year they put out Talent of the Hawk on Bar None Records, and it's easily one of my favorite records of last year. Um, great band, great dudes. And this interview, man, this interview was a lot of fun to do. Um, me and my buddy Sean Kennedy drove up to the Aggie Theater in Fort Collins to see the show. Uh, it was The Front Bottoms, You Blew It, and The Wild. The Wild, of course, who were on last week's episode. And I'm sorry to You Blew It. I I blew it by not interviewing you guys. Um, your new album came out. I bought it. Spectacular. Should have did it. We'll do it next time, buddies. We'll do it next time. Uh, the show was a little dry. Um, the Aggie has liquor license issues, so there's no booze, but that's okay because there was nothing but a sea of underagers and uh, people with X's on their hands. But still, uh, fun was to be had. So it was a little bit of an uh, interesting interview because, you know, as you, uh, some of you have listened in the past, I drink way too much. But uh, still, I think we sit down and we have a lot of fun, um, kind of make some good asses out of ourselves. Uh, if you, this is your first time listening to the Most of the Homeless podcast, Please go to mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Check out our backlog. I'm slowly going through and re-editing all the introductions to all the old episodes because I ramble way too much. And uh, I, I had some advice from a good buddy of mine, John Snodgrass from Dragon's River. He's like, buddy, you're not Mark Marin. You can't do that, buddy. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your weird random rants like this one right here. So uh, we're going to slowly go back through and cut those out. So if you've listened... Uh, check out the past episodes, but please just skip the intros and just listen to the interviews. I mean, you're probably already doing that anyway, but still, uh, we're working on it. Uh, special thanks go out to Sean Kennedy for driving all the way up to Fort Collins to do this interview uh, with me. Uh, he had a great time. I had a great time. Killer. Uh, killer dude. Um, thanks to Ray Rowland, the Front Bottoms PR guy. Ray is the guy who set me up with Chuck Reagan oh so many years ago. And that was the first episode that uh, started this whole thing. And uh, Ray also set up next week's interview. Next week, uh, we're going to – well, I've already done the interview, but next week's episode is going to be with Sean Mackin from Yellow Card. Uh, we sit down with Yellow uh, Sean and talk to him about his cancer and whatnot and other goodies and Denver Broncos because he's a huge Bronco fan. So you should come back next week and check that out. Uh, thanks to Illegal Pete's for returning as a sponsor this week's episode. Uh, we're currently looking into other sponsorship opportunities, but those guys come through week after week and feed me with delicious burritos. So um, stay tuned after the, after the interview. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to play some uh, songs from their uh, the Front Bottoms live set in Fort Collins. Um, but this is a song that we're going to kick this episode off with that I actually missed because I was busy interviewing the Wild in the very same green room where this interview happened. 
I interviewed the Wild, and I missed my favorite song, which I, for whatever reason, thought was called Front Seats, but it's called Skeletons. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to quit my rambling. Please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Listen to all my other interviews. Check it out. Subscribe on Facebook. Like us on iTunes. Do all that good fun. Fun, fun, funny stuff. And uh, but this is skeleton off front bottoms. Talon of the hawk.
right, so we're at the basement of the uh, Aggie Theater in Fort Collins, hanging out with some of the dudes from the uh, front bottoms here. We got a. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, yeah. Brian. Brian. So the listeners at home know I'm yeah. stumbling over my words. I had too much coffee as usual. Hello, sir. Who are you for the listening audience at home? I am Tom. I play bass in the front bottoms. Woo. I'm Kieran. I play trumpet and stuff. And stuff. I like that. I like that. Um, so I was talking to the guys upstairs, Jake, your tour manager. He said that you guys are doing so much insane amount of press a day. Thank you for sitting down and talking to me. Of course. Um, what makes for a memorable interview for you guys? Um, I don't even know, honestly. I feel like cleavage. <laughs> cleavage. I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> One time this dude uh, interviewed me and Matt, the drummer, and uh, oh, yeah, was Brian cool. was like, oh, I don't really want to do this interview, so you and Matt do it. So we went out. I was it, busy. I was, it was I busy. Had something yeah. to do. So it was like this English teacher, and he had like 30 kids from like Puerto Rico with him that were learning English, and they loved the front bottoms, and they went to come <laughs> to this show. Republic. From the Dominican Republic, yeah. So it was like 30 kids from the Dominican Republic and this teacher, and they were like... How does it feel to be a rock star? Like questions like that. So it was a lot of fun that interview. Hell yeah, cool. Um, so again, thanks for sitting down with me. Um, I like to talk a lot about origin stories, but first I want to ask how how old are you guys? Because you guys look a good deal younger than I am. So I'm 25, huh? but not that much younger. I'm 32. So. Okay. I'm 24, 25. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So you guys are uh, you guys are fairly young. Um, you guys already have a good deal of success under your belts. This, how long have, have you guys been a band? What, four, four and a half, five years? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Probably about four and a half years. Yeah. Uh, does it feel like this uh, success came quickly, or it took a long time to get here? I mean, we, uh, me and Matt were doing it for probably like uh, three years before anyone really noticed us. So it doesn't feel quickly for us, but... Uh, honestly, now that I think about it, it, it does feel pretty quick. It seemed like every tour got better in that aspect, you know. So it was like, oh, okay, like, this was great. And then the next time we came back, it got better. And then the next time better. So it felt uh, very positive, like, consecutively, yeah. which was cool. It, I noticed that there's a, like, tonight is almost all under 21-year-olds. Um, yeah. The place, there's probably, what, 150, 200 kids out there already. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at math, so who knows? It could only be 20 kids out there. Um, some of these kids, this is their first concert. Uh, do you guys remember your first concerts? I remember my first concert. I went to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers at um, Continental Airlines Arena. So more of just a sitting and listening experience than like a show. I saw uh, Fountains of Wayne in Central Park, pretty much the most New Jersey show you could go to. It was like right after Stacy's mom came out, and I remember I heard these two girls, because Fountains of Wayne had like two albums before that album came out, and these two girls were like, look at all these fucking people here just to hear Stacy's mom. Like, they don't know the hits, they don't know the real songs. They were pissed. And that was me. Yeah. I never really like went to see any famous bands when I was younger, but we used to hang out at the, uh, the Senior Center. And they would be like a, this psychedelic disco band that would play there called Ficus. So I used to hang out doing that. It's awesome. I think I think my first I, I know my first show was Deftones in a tiny little wow. venue. So I mean I, I got spoiled funny. right there. Yeah. You, uh, Way cooler answer than yeah. I didn't want to show you up. I was just trying to inflect and you know <laughs> pass around stories. Um, so let's let's take it even further. Step back. You guys are all are you guys all from New Jersey? Born yeah. and bred the same town. Um, no, Matt and Brian are from the same town, and me and Kieran live like 10 minutes away from each other. Okay. Um, 
So when you guys were growing up, what was your first musical obsession? Was it for you, Red Hot Chili Peppers, or was it something else? What (laughs) was the first time that you felt that the music grabbed you and shook you and wouldn't let you go? Well, I got, like, most of my music from my older sister, so it was, like, a lot of, like, pop, um, a lot of pop music and then, like, pop punk music. So, like, Blink-182 was probably, like, the first band that I was like, this is awesome, this is so cool, so. Which album? Uh, probably Enema of the State, yeah, and then I was able to, from there, look back, and then also, you know, go forward. (laughs) I really loved, uh, my older brother was in college when I was in, like, seventh grade, and he had that Pixies Surfer Rosa album, which has the naked woman on the cover, and I was like, oh, I'll definitely take this album and listen to it, because there's (laughs) a naked woman on the cover, uh, and I fucking fell in love with that album, and that was the first album I ever really, like, loved. For you, sir? I think uh, my sister had uh, Dookie. Oh, good album. I would like... I never really got a chance to listen to it because she had the only CD player, but I could hear it through her walls. That's that's pretty good. (laughs) So what took you from this first musical obsession into picking up an instrument and trying it for yourself? Had you already been playing anything, or did that obsession lead to picking up that first instrument? Yeah, I had not been playing anything. I got a guitar uh, for for Christmas, or for my birthday, I think, when I was like in eighth grade. And then when I got to high school... I was friends with, like, Matt and Matt's older brother, and they had instruments at their house, and that's kind of where I was, like, allowed to just, like, plug in and strum as loud as I wanted, so that's kind of where the whole, like, being in a band thing started for me. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Well, I, uh, all my brothers played guitar, I have, like, two older brothers, and they both played guitar, and then I had a friend who sold me his, like, Squire Stratocaster, for 20 bucks and I gave him uh, Pokemon Silver for Game Boy Color <laughs> too, which I regret now uh, yeah that's one of the rare ones huh? yeah seriously yeah. I was like, what was I thinking but that's where I got my first guitar I like I originally started playing piano and then my brother like would make fun of me because he said it was like an easy instrument and he would like you know play the piano with his nose and stuff <laughs> like that to prove that it's inferior to guitar so he basically shamed me into playing guitar <laughs> I don't know, I had an old roommate that had this little trick he would do where he would, like, be holding some weird, obscure chord and then play the guitar with his nose. So, I mean, you can do that, too. Yeah, so fuck you, Rory. (laughs) Okay, so you have your first instruments. When did you first start writing your very first songs? Uh, Probably, like, pretty shortly after I got that first guitar because I would just write, like, poems or just lyrics or you know little stupid stuff and then it was just easy to play like a couple chords and just sing over that and then with Matt's encouragement yeah. just from there sort of and how long ago was this would you say uh probably in high school okay. so, so 10 years maybe? yeah probably about okay. that cool, yeah. cool, cool. Wow. how about the rest of you guys yeah you like guys same thing good. I was writing songs like probably like 10 years ago which is depressing to think about uh but like eighth grade was when i started writing like shitty little songs you know yeah that's the same yeah so um how long did it take you because now you have a very especially you you write most lyrics right yeah all of them do you write all of them so uh, this is how good i do research (laughs) i don't know i can tell you intimate details but i can't tell you if you write all the lyrics or not um when did you find your own voice did that just slowly evolve from those short little poems or is that something you've consciously sought out over the years? No, I think it was just a lack of 
any other way to do it like the right way, I guess. It yeah. sort of felt like, well, this is how I can do it, and this is how I'm comfortable doing it, so I'm going to just continue to do it this way. It was not like something planned. That have been weird if it was. <laughs> but some people I know consciously work on, like, sure. oh, man, i got to get this sounding more and Style. more like this. Yeah, yeah. This. No, I, yeah, I never really thought about anything like that. It was just sort yeah. of like, this is working. Do you have any professional music training, or is it just all natural for you? Uh, well, I took um, some guitar lessons. When I first got the guitar, that was part of the deal. I got, like, a month of guitar lessons. And uh, so I took guitar lessons... And then I did, like, some music classes in college, but could never really grasp, like, the whole, like, reading music thing, so yeah. it just kind of fell off it and stuck to what I knew. Cool. How about the rest of you guys? Any uh, music classes? Yeah, I went to, uh, I studied classical guitar in college. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Fancy. Yeah, yeah, and then, and I didn't graduate, though, so. Oh. Does a lot of that come out in the music you're playing today, or no? Uh, it, ha- you know, the things that you learn in music school help in different ways, like, I can pick up songs really quick. Like if Stella will show me a song, I'll be able to learn it, you know, immediately. Or I can learn songs by ear really quick. But it's not like I'm ripping any classical guitar. You can also sing in E. I also have perfect pitch. Yes. Oh wow! (laughs) Congrats. Did you learn that on? How did you learn that? Or is this Uh, sort of just by thinking about it a lot? I have a lot of free time in the van, so I try (laughs) to think about notes in my head. You know. So when did, when did you guys discover you could actually do this thing called music and make a living off of it? Uh, was there a moment where, uh, well, when did you figure out people would, you know, pay money to come see you at a show? That's something I never, like, even... Um, let me think about how to answer that question. Just it, as bluntly as possible. Okay, it never was like that until, like, very recently. And our me and Matt's mindset, at least, was, like well, we can do this, like, sort of for ourselves. Like, you know, I'll work at this grocery store and Matt will landscape and then we can, like, organize a little DIY tour and do that and then come home and try to make some more money and then go back out. So, like, the whole idea of, like, well, maybe one day somebody will pay money to come see us play is just, like, something that's still trying to get, like, a little bit used to, honestly. But uh, it is nice. Yeah, that there are a lot of people coming to see us, which is like more than I thought would come. Yeah, looks and like the wild is done. They're going to slowly join us down here. Yeah, <laughs> me and Kieran had been in a band before we were in the Front Bottoms, and like I remember seeing like like oh my god, the Front Bottoms are playing like in Europe right now. That's insane, or like they're playing like in you know Colorado. That's crazy because yeah. me and Kieran had been playing in new jersey for like two and a half years with the same band so <laughs> it was really brian and matt that ever gave me the idea that people would be willing to go and see you at all so like once they were like do you want to be in the band i was like yeah fuck yeah, yeah. Like, you know. yeah i thought the only way to get people to come to your shows was to make your friends feel guilty yeah <laughs> text messages mass texts oh. facebook events uh-huh. <laughs> um so was what did you guys want to be when you grow up or was it musicians are you doing that now I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is the second best thing I could do. This is the second best job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I n- honestly, like, as a little kid, I could never think, like, further than, like, 15 minutes ahead of anything. So it was, like, I sort always... Of like today. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I don't ever remember having any thoughts 
as a child. Like that was just something like yeah. I was wanted to like find a trampoline that I could jump on that was big. I wanted to find somebody with like video games that I could play. Like to think of like, oh, what do I want to be? That just was that was too far away for me to even really think about, honestly. Yeah. Karen, what did you want to be when you grew up? You want another cheat? Yes. Yeah. I used to tell my parents that I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. <laughs> really? I didn't, I didn't know what it meant, <laughs> but I knew that they were rich as fuck. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Actually, one time I found this book. It was like my book about me, and it was you wrote all these things. And I, okay. yeah, I wrote it when I was like three years old. What? And I, or like three or four. <laughs> and it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was, I want to be a baker so I can eat cookies all day. That's a good answer. Yeah. I was thinking ahead. Yeah, I like that. shit. I like that. That's like my little brother used to say that, like, when my parents would be like, oh, Jay, what do you want to be when you grow up? He used to say, the boss. <laughs> that was his answer every time. And they'd be like, the boss of what? He'd just like, mm, I don't know, just the boss. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So, so you guys had no real purpose on, like, becoming what you have become. How is this ride taking you by surprise? Do you have to wake up in the mornings and pinch yourself like you're in fucking Rome? And like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. This is all a dream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. What's been the biggest, like, holy shit moment that you've had so far? Pro- honestly, like, every fucking show seems like a what the fuck moment. Like, I yeah. mean, we played Michigan, and, like, we found out beforehand that it had sold out, and it was, like, 450 people, yeah. and it was just like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, when did this happen, you know? So every day is sort of a, okay, like, this is even better than yesterday, you know? I'll never forget the last time we were in Europe, it was, like... We played London, and there was like 400 people there. Yeah, it felt like we were in New York City, and it was insane. And I was just like, I was playing, and I kept thinking that we were like in New York, and I had to remind myself that we were across an ocean. Yeah, literally across, which is I'll never forget that. Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like right before playing a sold out show like that? Do you get nervous every time, or does it become an old hat now? Um. A little, like, yeah, definitely nerves, like, not where I'm, like, I feel like I'm going to throw up or crap my pants or anything, but, like, definitely, like, okay, like, time to concentrate on putting on a good show for me. And then do a few Jaeger bombs. (laughs) Do you remember, do you remember being up on stage and playing a show like that, or does it kind of, like, Honestly, that's a good point. I, not really, like, sometimes it goes by and I get off stage, it's like, whoa, what? Where was I for the past, like, hour? And, you and know, then you look on stage minutes. and you see the six Bud Light cans <laughs> yeah. right next to your mic. Yeah, that has a like, lot oh, to do with it. I guess that's yeah. what, what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, my friend Katie was uh, interning at NPR mm-hmm. when you guys were there. And she sent me a text saying, you have to check out this band. Little did oh, she awesome. know I was already a fan. But yeah. uh, she loved you guys' nervous... Ner- um, the tiny desk. Tiny desk. Okay. I, I'm, yeah. I'm blending two things inside yeah, yeah. my head. Nervous um, yeah, nervous energies. Tiny desk. Um, what was it like playing those hollowed halls of NPR? It was something else. Yeah, it definitely was like I'd never been in a building that nice before. It felt like they had like <laughs> it felt like it was the CIA. Or something. Yeah, like scan your ID and here's your card and and like very like nice cafeteria. They had cry rooms for people with children. They could bring really? their children. And it was just, everybody was... Cry rooms? Yeah, like cry if rooms. If your baby was crying. They had doors that... you go to make your children cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what that... I didn't realize that. I thought that was the other way around. Yeah, and, it, was, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely something else. Yeah, nice. Um, so what kind of... 
bump to do you guys get like a bump did you notice a lot more older people showing up the show is after that nervous never there i go again yeah the, uh, <laughs> the tiny desk. tiny desk yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah definitely i mean something like npr has yeah. like such a awesome reputation and you know it definitely gave me a a lot to talk about at like family parties because all of my aunts and uncles and stuff yeah. it sort of validated that their you know stoner nephew had uh-huh. just been like hanging out in the basement for four years but don't inter no do not interrupt you get that after we're done after after it's it's okay i'm gonna try to interview the wild later so you guys can come interview hell yeah but i don't think he's i don't know he's not in the wild he's in you blew it see so i'm sadly not interviewing them i kind of feel bad for not interviewing you blew it because i'm interviewing the other two bands on the tour i don't know anything i didn't prepare anything because i'm an asshole you think all guys look like male models yeah, that seems to be a thing that you're face blind. I think all He's handsome. I think all handsome. I think you just think all men are handsome. Like Ooh. Um. Yeah. Sure. I guess so. yeah, Everybody's yeah. handsome in their own way. Everyone's sexy in their own way. Exactly. That's what they tell I believe that. Tell me more. What do you think? I could do it. <laughs> I'll walk the beard, dude. Thanks. Thanks. So uh, let's talk about songwriting real quick. I'll try to wrap this up here in a minute. Uh, what is what is the uh, collaboration process like for you guys? How do you guys come to do you come to uh, the table with the song fully formed, or is it a little bit more organic of a process? Yeah, I write the bass parts and the <laughs> electric guitar parts and the keyboard parts and the trumpet parts. He actually he performs it all the on the album. I don't write the cowbell parts. Write the cowbell yeah. parts. He no, 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 all no, parts. no, no, no. <laughs> I just come with like a skeleton of a song, bring it to Matt and these dudes, and they just make it what it yeah. is. Well, th- there are some people though that just see it all in their head and they know how every little piece and part is going to work out. So I'm just always curious, <laughs> yeah, like, what what because I, I can't write a song to save my life. So it fascinates me to hear other people talk about it. I do lack the ability to see where a song could be, you know, like or what a song could sound like. But I feel like you guys can do that it's nice because like you know we'll it just allows for a lot more uh even on the older albums you know it's like uh before me and Kieran were playing on the albums it was like everybody all these different people had input and it just makes the songs unique to themselves because all of these people are putting their ideas into it and now it's it's good because Brian and Matt are so open to ideas they're always just like you come with that idea and Brian and I are just like, fuck you, yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> yeah. we get to experiment and have fun with all these different, this different stuff, you know. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I asked this a similar question to a buddy of mine a couple of days ago. Uh, I tried to rework it for you guys, but originally the band is just, was just a two-piece. Sure, yeah. And then you added all these other components um, to the songs and live shows. Which, is, which version is the real version? Are they both the same or are they just different takes on similar ideas? If that makes sense, did um, I word that right? Well, say it one more time. You okay. definitely worded it right. I just, I, I, I think I kind of got. Uh, wh- which versions are the real versions of the song? The, the originals or the live performances or somewhere in the middle? Interesting. Yeah, that is. Interesting. Yeah, that's a. I don't. That's interesting also because, even the songs I feel like that we record when we play them live, they're not the same. Yeah, they are. Like the songs that me and Kieran have been playing uh-huh. on, that when we play it live, it is different. I feel like it does have a lot to do with the audience, you know. It's true too, yeah. So they have a big part to do with the way that it is changed live. We played in uh, Germany once, and someone 
was at the show and just happened to have heard her album. And he's like, yeah, when I heard your album, I, I did not like it. It was too slow and soft. <laughs> but I see you live. It's very exciting. Yeah. And so hopefully the, the live version is yeah. is where it's at. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's, like, honestly, the only way that we have made, like, the pennies that we make or, like, the... The, you can really see like oh there's like 30 kids here but next time there's 100 people here you know whatever it may be it's like oh like the live versions of the songs seem to be what you know yeah. makes people yeah, pay I, attention I feel them. bad I have yet to see you guys live I've just missed it but over the summer I was uh, tour managing a, a Fort Collins band called Artless Nancy oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah, played yeah. with them in Europe Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I tore. I was supposed to go. Man, that's a different. You story. look like you could be in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they would constantly ask GB, the uh, bass player, if we were brothers. Uh, but it, but it, but not. But um, we got that album on that tour, and I just have such fond memories of just late at night driving. That was mostly East Coast tour, just driving throughout the night, listening to that record over and over again. Oh, that's awesome. So that's that's no, where that's I was trip. sold first. Now that's I can't wait to see it live. And I apologize for not having make it, made it sooner. But no, no here tonight we're here tonight. Yeah, no. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to know, like, oh, like, people associate the album with a different thing. Yeah, time or a specific time in their life. Or well, I was pumped that that album came out in the summer because, like, I like a lot of my favorite albums I had listened to like for a summer. Yeah, I would think about this summer, like the summer when I was eighteen with this album. album. So like, I was excited that it came out in May, so that kids could like. Oh, that was the summer yeah. of 2013, you know? But I think that's cool. It, and I will always associate, especially front seats with that tour <laughs> and that thing. Uh, speaking of front seats, like, uh, that's a song you wrote about friends, not necessarily about yourself. I got sure, from the yeah. commentary yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Spotify. right. Yeah. All, yeah, definitely friends. Yeah. Um, definitely friends. Does that happen a lot, that you write a lot about your friends? Yeah, for sure. For I, sure. Do, I do, you know, I'm only able to take inspiration from the people that I know and yeah. you know the experiences that I have so uh, a lot of it is about friends or what do you look for in inspiration family. to write a song um, it usually just like hits like cool. what, like somebody will say sometimes it's like one word sometimes like one word and uh, it's like oh that that stayed with me or like or a sentence or a phrase even and then like that's really what it is it comes from that you know word honestly sometimes cool. yeah um i've noticed you guys are a very tumblerific band tumblr kids seem to told, yeah. tumblr kids love you I, I don't understand tumblr because i'm too fucking old to get it <laughs> i think we're a little too old for it i sometimes try to see what people are talking about and get i don't i am confused i don't i don't think i'm typing tumblr in the right thing <laughs> i think what? i'm spelling tumblr wrong <laughs> that takes you to a weird website i think <laughs> But so I, I see all these kids taking your song lyrics and songs and creating artwork out of it, um, and really it connects with these guys on a different level. How does it feel to uh, to have connected with so many young, and especially young kids? They're the primary users of that. How, how does it feel to affect it and influence them throughout their lives? It feels sick. I mean, it's definitely like, wow. Like, Do you even think about that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at certain times it's like, it's cool that the art that we've made is inspiring other art like that's pretty insane to think about so it's great cool yeah it's great what about you guys any any inspiring words on that yeah it's just a very uh we're very honored you know fair enough fair enough fair enough well uh 
you blew it is about to take the stage. Oh, yeah. It's about to get loud again. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. What's next? What's coming up this year for you guys? What are you looking forward to? Uh, just more tours, write some Presidents. more music. Presidents, yeah, we're going to go. Presidents of the United States of America. Why, really? Yeah, All right, Europe, yeah, for like oh. a week. Because they, they can't tour over here anymore because they're, I don't know, I'd love to see those guys again. Yeah, they, yeah. they do super well in Europe, but I guess it's not that the way it works, period, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to be, yeah, really. It does seem to be like that. But, uh, yeah, and just staying busy. More tours. Rocking and rolling. Yeah, rocking and rolling. Hell yeah. Any, uh, any parting words you want to leave your Tumblr uh, rabid fans <laughs> or whatever? Uh, well, Lindsay on a Snow Day just came out with an album. That's Tom's uh, band. My side project. Yeah. Side project. So that's cool. If you want to check that out, tell tell us more about that real quick. Uh, I play guitar. My girlfriend rips the drums, and uh, it's like a weirder album. Uh, sort of like Weezer, if it was not as good and <laughs> uh, you know worse. Fair enough. Where can people find that? Uh, Lindsay on a Saturday Bandcamp. Easy. Yes. Cake. I'll throw up some links to that. Hell too. yeah! Thank you. All right. What about you? What are you up to? Nothing. This tour in the world. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, well, I'll let you guys go. Thanks for interrupting your dinner and talking no, with dude, me. Don't so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. Hell yeah, thank you. <laughs> Well, all right, buddies. Thanks again to the guys in uh, the front bottoms for hanging out and bullshitting with me. Super cool. Again, I love I love the new record, Talent of the Hawk. Um, it is a new favorite of mine, and it will always remind me of that summer and that tour with Artless Nancy. And uh, good memories, really good memories. Uh, thanks again to Ray Rowland for setting up the interview and being an all-around good dude. Uh, thanks to Sean Kennedy for driving to Fort Collins because if my broke ass doesn't have a car. And uh, let's see... Thanks to you. Thanks to you for uh, listening to me ask band qu- bands questions. I couldn't do this without you guys. So uh, since we moved to Denver, every episode is getting better and better and better. And uh, not only that, the guests are getting better. Next week, we have Sean Mackin from Yellow Card. And then the week after that, we have Evan from Into It Over It. Uh, so stay tuned. Stick around. And I got, I got a ton of other great stuff in the pipeline that is probably going to happen. I don't like to talk about it because in case it, they don't happen. So uh, just stay tuned. There's some cool stuff coming. I can't believe I get to do what I have been doing. Um, And it all goes out to you guys listening, supporting, liking. And you can continue to do that at mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Write me a little email. I might not ever write write you back because I'm just a lazy slob like that. Uh, But I do read them all. Um, And I do appreciate them all very much. So uh, we're going to go ahead and end this episode with a couple live tracks uh, from front bottoms from the show at the Aggie Theater that night. Uh, I have most of the show recorded. If anybody's interested in getting an MP3 of that, just shoot me an email. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you think of the show. I'll shoot you over the MP3s. Um, I just don't want to throw them up online and maybe offend anybody. Um, So the last two songs that we're going to hear tonight are the last two songs they played at their show in Fort Collins. Uh, It's Maps and Twin Size Mattress. There's going to be a little bit of stage manner in there too. This is recording recorded on my handheld uh, portable Zoom H1 recorder. So the quality's not perfect, but hey, man, still cool, right? It's cool. Yeah, I like it. I think it's great. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the front bottoms, it gets you a little bit better listening listening to their live show. So uh, without any further ado, let's listen to uh, an excerpt from that live set. Again, this is Maps and Twin Size Mattress from the Front Bottoms in Fort Collins. All right, buddies, we'll see you in the funny pages. Two more songs. Thank you. Just all your friends, and uh, yeah, here we go.
Yeah, the snowman's name is Scotty. It's hard not to look at that snowman and be like, that's a person, that's a real person. It has big nipples. Is that? I used to say, uh, I would be able to tell if it was gonna be a good show because my nipples would tingle before the show. And tonight my nipples, they were burning, so. Thank you. Whatever, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna unbutton a few drinks. I'm gonna unbutton a few drinks right now. The people want shirtless, dude. That's what the people want.
Yeah. 